When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Ho, 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 everybody. We got the 6.30 Chad Santa's anonymous auction in progress. Here's what we are asking you to bid on this hour. Until 7 o'clock, we have the Sports Lovers Package. This is now just available, 780-496-0063. Four tickets to the Oilers in the Avalanche on February 1st. Four tickets to an Eskimos game during the 2018 season. Also until 7, you can bid on the seat from Northlands Coliseum, signed by Ryan Smith. Adam, now with the high bid at $5,000. 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins. Lana Nordland, Executive Director of 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, ready to take your calls with uh, Janine standing by as well. Lana, first of all, thank you as always for uh, all your hard work. How's the auction going in general today? We're doing really, really well. We've, uh, I think we're going to surpass our, our record this year, so we're really excited. All right. Uh, d- can we divulge the record or do we have to wait until 7 o'clock? Well, last Last year, we set a record, and it was 21,101. Okay. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, we are on pay. Is it, is it true somebody paid $12,000 to have dinner with Ryan Jesperson? No, with Carrie Skelton, but oh. Ryan's coming along. <laughs> with, with Ryan's wife, Carrie Skelton. Uh, Jesper will be in the sidecar. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The fifth yeah. wheel. Uh, well, that's incredible. What else? We, we, uh, we had a great cup experience. Yeah, so that's fantastic. And um, that went uh, for... 3500 and we had um uh we had the evening out with Jalen and Andrew Jaylen I think and that Andrew was uh and, 20 and their spouses yeah okay uh, we had an arts uh culture package was that with Kepler from Fresh yeah wow. that was with Kepler from Fresh and so. the, the weekend mountain getaway uh 2100 so people are, are being incredibly uh, uh generous and we we do have some great stuff so you're standing by to take calls right now and the auction goes until seven on both the items we have going right well, you have three items going oh, Reed oh I have three items going you have three yeah because you've got the sports lovers package with the uh, the Eskimos uh, tickets yes. and the Oilers tickets. We're finishing off the seat and then you have the farewell to the Northlands Coliseum suite. Wow, that's incredible. So on December 15th when the Spruce Grove Saints play against the Okotoks Oilers, there's a suite the, for 10 people plus it'll be hosted by some Santa's folks and Ryan Smith is going to stop by that suite and visit and uh, so we've got that package as well. Alright, so there you go. Until 7, you can uh, bid on the uh, seat autograph by Ryan Smith. That is now up to $5,000 and we're opening up bidding on the Sports Lovers Package for Oilers tickets for Eskimo most tickets and also a uh, suite 
to next week's game, final hockey game at Northlands Coliseum, Spruce Grove and Okotoks, and Ryan Smith will be a special guest. Len, I know you got to take some calls, 780-496-0063. Thanks for hopping on. You betcha. All right. Inside Sports on 630, Chet. Really appreciate everybody who helps out with 630, Chet. Santa's Anonymous. The Oilers practice this morning. They are headed, well, they're in Montreal now. Game tomorrow on 630, Chad. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 3.30 face-off show game at 5. I would expect Brandon Davidson to be in the lineup for the Oilers. It looks like up front, it would not surprise me if Drake Kajula and Ryan Strom are scratched, and Leon Dreisaitl has Nathan Walker and Anton Slepyshev as his wingers. Former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers, Kelly Rudy joins us every week here on Inside Sports. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Fantastic, Reed. I'm back in uh, Toronto. I was just working last night in Montreal, and I'm having a fairly lazy afternoon. I like it. Good. Well, <laughs> Kelly Rudy and lazy in the same sentence. First time ever. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, I'm back at work tomorrow and continue my road trip uh, in the next week. So, yeah, it's good. Right on. Well, it's good to catch up with you. And, you know, it's it's, it's funny. Like, joking aside, you want to talk about laziness or, or preparation. Uh, th- that's been something we've been discussing with the Oilers lately. And some well, one of the many, I guess, thousand cuts that uh, or one of the thousand cuts that Peter Shirelli mentioned about a week and a half ago has been first periods. The Oilers uh, have been outscored by eight goals in the first period. Uh, they've only got the first goal 10 times in 28 games, and they've only led after the first period six times in 28 games. So, you know, that's an indication that uh, you're often behind, and you're not starting the game with a lot of energy. And the debate came up last night, Kelly, um, whose job is it to make sure the players are ready? I don't – I'm fine – you know, you, you – Coaches are, are lumped into this. You can criticize them. I've come to believe from a lot of people I've talked to that the coaches don't prepare players in terms of being excited to play or being mentally prepared to play. Where, where do you come down on that, Kelly? Whose job is it to be ready to go and start the game well? Well, it's a combination for sure. I don't think it's any one person. I don't think uh, the individual uh, will always do it on his own. You hope that when you're at the NHL level that everybody's extremely self-motivated and that they can do it uh, for the most part. But every once in a while, you need a little nudge or something inspirational. And that's why I always go back to guys like Al Arbor um, and uh, maybe Barry Melrose for doing something out of the ordinary and not, not too often because I think, like I said, you have to come to the rink ready to go and you shouldn't need somebody to prod you or to, uh, to get you all fired up. But uh, every once in a while, and I, I think I, I am going to make a little bit of an excuse for not just the Oilers, but everybody in the league. I think it's harder in today's world because you have fewer, uh, or fewer it seems as though, fewer days off, fewer stretches where uh, you have, say, a four-day break or five-day break. And now I know it's mandated for every team to have five days, but it seemed like long ago we had more stretches like that where you could sort of we uh, reinvigorate yourself with a few days away. And so I, I just think, and the reason I bring it up, because I travel so much, not only with hockey night, but the flames, and I see the grind, and it's way different. It's much more difficult, I believe. So getting past that, though, it's still your responsibility, and everybody's in the same boat. So I think that uh, you have to make sure that you're, you're prepared mentally to challenge yourself 
uh, through training camp. Training camp, I think, is an important uh, indicator of where a team is. Now, you don't have to be great, but you do have to, uh, when you watch teams in training camp, they still have to have an urgency. And if you don't have that, it typically leaks into the regular season. And then, as we've talked many times, Reed, on your show, about then what happens, then you start to question yourself. If you start to lose, you lose some confidence, and the whole thing goes. And next thing you know, you're like the Oilers at 28 games in, and you're going, what happened? How are we with only 24 points? And Los Angeles is in first, and they're at 41. Like, that's a that's an incredible difference. Well, you, you, you make a good point, and... Uh, about the mental part of it too, and I and I do think the Oilers maybe came in uh, a little bit high on themselves, thinking, "Well, we were eighth last year. Where there's nowhere to go but up." Where instead of thinking, you know, you almost have to start the season thinking you're in a 31 way tie for last. You know what I mean? <laughs> that might be a better mindset. But but you've probably been on runs too, where in terms of falling behind. And the Oilers said it yesterday that it's almost like they don't really wake up until something bad happens. But that's got to be an exhausting way to try to play the game. It is because you know you're always chasing too. So there's there's no question it's so much easier to play when you're on top. And then you usually have really great feelings. And then you always feel that even if you fall behind, you're going to come back. Whereas if there's no proof in the pudding, like if they're always falling behind and what you said, they've only had the lead how many times after the first period? Uh, six times, yep. So that's obviously not very many. So you're playing from behind most of the game or even, and uh, when you don't have the results, you really put a little bit of extra pressure on yourself. Uh, I remember when uh, I was with San Jose, Mike Vernon and I were the goaltenders, and I loved playing with Mike. He was lights out that year. He was our team MVP by a country mile. But the point is, we, uh, Mike and I were in a stretch somewhere in around uh, November or December, I believe, and unfortunately, we were giving up the first goal every game. Or, yeah, first goal and the first shot for a stretch of, I don't know, five or six, maybe three or four games. And then Daryl Sutter brought it up and saying, we got to get a first save, and all of a sudden, you can just see Mike and I, we went from pretty casual, happy-go-lucky guys to the most worried some ever to play in the National Hockey League and it took us a while to get out of that funk. So the point I'm making, there's so many things that enter your mind and take you off track that the preparation that you make leading into the season is so important. I go back to a few years ago when the Calgary Flames, much to everybody's surprise, they made the playoffs when Bob Hartley was a coach. And then next year, they had a miserable training camp. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? This is really going to hurt them. They had no intensity and, and so on. And that was the uh, the end result. They got off to a horrible start and can never recover. So sometimes you can get it back on track, but most times you can't. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up some of the flame stuff, and I do think the Alberta teams are a story. And, and, I, and I should say this, look, I recognize the Oilers are still, are still doing much worse than the Flames. Um, Edmonton's 5-9 yeah. and nine at home. Calgary seven and eight. Alberta has been anything but a death valley for visiting teams. The Oilers' inconsistency has been a story, and I know the Flames are in better shape. They're they're not in the playoffs, but they're they're tied in terms of points for for a playoff spot. But they're a team too. I sometimes watch them or see highlights. I mean, they had a bad homestand, and then they go play pretty well in in Toronto and and Montreal. So I think uh, even though the Flames are doing better, I do think there are some similarities and inconsistency with the two Alberta teams. 
I would agree. And to me, it, it usually is about this whole conversa- conversation we're having about preparation. Now, the Flames have played extremely well their last four games. But last night, uh, they were just hanging on versus a Montreal team that I didn't think was all that great either. Uh, but Montreal was much better in the second period, so they ended up taking a 2-1 lead into the third. And and whatever was said between the players or the coaching staff and the players worked because they were a different team. They were energized. They had intensity. They had passion in the third period and then ultimately tied it and then won it in overtime. But if you don't bring that same sort of level of enthusiasm every night in today's league, especially you'll lose. I mean, it's just plain and simple. There's, there are no easy games. Everybody knows that everybody talks about that. Even the really lousy teams are not as bad as they used to be 20 years ago, where there truly were some woeful teams. Now, nowadays you still need a great effort from everybody. And to me, it's about how you push yourself. Kelly, we've been having some fun this week on Inside Sports. I've interviewed Brent Gogol, Kerry Toporowski, and Tony Twist for Enforcers Week. So we had some pretty entertaining stories. Uh, it t- takes you back a-, a little bit to different eras, especially in the WHL. That's where those guys really especially racked up some penalty minutes. Uh, best enforcer, or maybe most entertaining enforcer, <laughs> you ever played with? <laughs> Holy cow. Well, we I played with Derek Davis. He was... Uh... He was from Flin Flon, Manitoba, and uh, that was when I played in Medicine Hat. I, I actually I have my stats here. I should go. I'm looking when because when you told me about this, I wanted to go back and see some of my teammates and and so on. But I'm going to get to Derek Davis. I think he had 500 and some penalty minutes one year <laughs> in Medicine Hat. But we had a, a really young team my first year. And we had a guy by the name of Mark Kamenowski. He, he, I think he only played one year junior, but he was tough as nails. And and uh, Mark, we were having a game against Billings in Medicine Hat, and and uh, Mark was a pretty good player as well. But he had this crazy streak about him that he could just lose his mind over anything. And so in warm up, you know how the guys circle around and by center ice they're always chirping, especially back then. And one of their players came by him, and, and Mark, and this is not an exaggeration, a wooden stick back then, he, he cross-checked the guy in the head, kind of across the face, and broke his stick literally in his hands. And then that ended up this brawl. The police, in fact, people that have ever been in the old Medicine Hat Arena know this, the police station is located in the same parking lot. So the police came over, they arrested a whole bunch of guys. Guys were in handcuffs on the ice. Uh, in warm-up, we ended up playing the game, but each team had a depleted lineup. Uh, it was just absolute mayhem. And then you think of other days, and uh, some of the Western Hockey League guys are thinking, there's a guy that the, the guys you talked about earlier, they would remember him. Uh, Jim McTaggart was his name. He was in Billings, and he ended up playing a couple years with Washington in the NHL, and he ruled the roost for a while in the Western Hockey League. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I've never seen a tougher human being. I think he's from Melville, Saskatchewan or something. So anyways, he ends up making the Washington Capitals, and he fights Bob Nystrom. In fact, I YouTubed it about 10 minutes ago. I wanted to see it again. And Bob Nystrom absolutely annihilates Jim McTaggart. And I'm thinking to myself, because I heard about the fight back then, I'm thinking, how tough is this Nystrom guy if he annihilates this guy that was ruling the roost in the Western Hockey League? So all different levels of toughness. And there was a, there was a fun era, but I'm glad it's, it's gone. I, I think the hockey's better, and although some of those stories are legendary and, and so on, 
uh, I think it gains a whole lot safer. Okay, so when there is a brawl in the warm-up, do you automatically look for the other goalie, or do you have to grab the guy closest to you? <laughs> well, you know what, Reed? I was pretty feisty back in the day, so uh, oftentimes I'd just fight anybody. But in this case, I remember somehow I got a hold of Andy Moog and the other goaltender, Neil Gerrard, and we all kind of wrestled. It wasn't really... We didn't really throw any punches in that one, uh, but we, all three of us were involved in some sort of way. I, I do remember my first ever fight, though, in the Western Hockey League. It was my first year, so as a 17-year-old kid, we're playing the Calgary uh, Wranglers at the time in Medicine Hat, and I got involved with one of their defense, and I, I can't remember his name, but it doesn't matter. We end up fighting, the linesman comes in, and because I'm naive and it's my first fight at that level, Linesman's okay, let go, break it up, let go. So I let go, stupidly, and the guy had a free hand and absolutely popped me right in the eye. And I, I think we had team pictures the next day. So if you look at that picture, you'll see me with a big, shining black eye. Well, thankfully, you made it through that and are now probably the most handsome guest we have on this show. Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> That's not saying much about your guests, Henry. Well, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Kelly, it's always great to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. You got it. Thanks, my friend. Always great to have Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports. The auctions are open, 780-496-0063. We have the autographed Northland seat signed by Ryan Smith, the Sports Lovers Package, and the uh, suite for the game next weekend between the Saints and Oilers at Northland's Coliseum. We'll update the totals when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. NHL action tonight. Blue Jackets and Devils tied 2-2 in the second period. Six minutes left in the second. Capitals up 2-0 on the Rangers. Nine minutes in in Nashville. Golden Knights up 1-0 on the Predators. Two games coming up later tonight. Okay, here's what I can tell you. 780-496-0063. The 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous live auction goes until 7. We have had our first bid on the Sports Lovers Package. Four tickets to an Oilers game on February 1st against the Avalanche and four tickets to an Eskimos game in 2018. First bid coming in at $400. Quite frankly, I think you can do better. But thank you to Jill for phoning in. The farewell game suite at Northlands Coliseum, one week from tonight, Ryan Smith will join you. And is it a 10-person suite or a 12-person suite, Janine? That's a 12-person So you and 11 friends will be joined by Ryan Smith watching the Spruce Grove Saints play the Okotoks Oilers one week from tonight at Northlands Coliseum. That's right. Last time there was a hockey game in that building. Brent has the top bid right now at $1,000. Okay. That's right. And the autographed... The autographed seat from Northlands Coliseum signed by Ryan Smith, Calvin in the lead at $5,500. So you can pick which item you want to bid on. It's 780-496-0063. We got some good stuff. Okay. The Edmonton Eskimos, by the way, re-signing kicker Sean White through the 2020 season. So he will not become a free agent. He gets a three-year contract from the Edmonton Eskimos. Of course, uh, a member of the 2015 championship team, Hurt for much of this season. 
but he came back late and to help out a bit in the playoffs. A little more on the Oilers when we get back, and we'll preview the second-last hockey game at Northlands Coliseum tomorrow. Nate Ooks against the Golden Bears. Tim Fraggle from Nate's going to join us. All ahead on Inside Sports. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Well, Cam Talbot's still hurt. I wonder if Nick Ellis plays tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens. Oilers and Habs on Ched, 3.30 face-off show. Game will start at 5. Our 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous live auction with 24 minutes remaining. The Ryan Smith autographed seat from the Coliseum at $5,500. The Sports Lovers Package, which includes four tickets each to an Oilers and Eskimos game next year at $1,000. And the 12-person suite at the game one week from tonight at the Coliseum between Spruce Grove and Okotoks with Ryan Smith joining you at $1,200. Adam with the high bid, 780-496-0063. Janine and Lana are standing by to take your bids. My name is Reed Wilkins. I really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Oh, we got some foreign audio. We're <laughs> this is a catchy little track. Uh, it's uh, six thirty-six. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, big news with the uh, combat sports. There, there can't be any in Edmonton for the next year. Sonny Serene is a promoter, the founder of Unified MMA. He had an event one week from tonight that was all set up and ready to go. Now it looks like he has to call it off. We'll talk to him uh, after 7 o'clock. That's a pretty big story. Eskimos locker room sale is tomorrow. Alan Watt will be on to, uh, to tee that up. Look, uh, the Oilers are not doing well. There's my obvious statement of the night. 11-15-2. Uh, somebody texting in, hey, without sounding like a cockeyed optimist, I think if the Oilers can play 570 hockey and then put together a five or six game winning streak at some point, we should be back in the conversation. Your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you this. Obviously, if they play 570 hockey and then get a winning streak at the end, they'll have played better than 570 hockey. Uh, the Oilers have won four of their last seven. Uh, which is okay. And if they were in a better position in the standings, you know, it, it would be adequate. But here's the thing that that is indeed a uh, it's a 571 winning percentage, so we can round it off to 570. If if the Oilers play 570 hockey the rest of the way, so they get 57 percent of their points, whether it's winning four out of uh, seven or going whatever three two and two in a seven game stretch, however you want to add it up, uh, that'll add up to a whopping 84 point season which, uh, based on history, will leave them comfortably out of the playoffs. I mean, I mean, for the Oilers to, to get in, we're looking at they got to play, they they got to get about 60% of their points or more. And the discouraging thing is they, they have never looked like a team that can do that. Two two-game winning streaks all season, one other two-game stretch where they got points in consecutive games when they had an overtime loss and a win. Uh, the, the consistency simply hasn't been there. There have been wild swings in how they've been playing, as I'm sure you've recognized. One night they look like a team that's playing, you grade their performance and you'd say 8 or 9 out of 10, and then the next night they'll be a 2 or 3 out of 10. There haven't been a lot of stretches where you say, well, you know what, they didn't play great, but they played above average. Maybe you give them a 7 out of 10, and you know they scratched out some points or, the, or they lose an overtime or, or whatever. We have not seen that. Um, 
a lot of stuff being written, talked about, what's gone wrong with the team. I don't. I think you can look at a lot of different areas. I, I tend to not say there's a, a team-wide failure and try to pin it on one guy. I think it's fair to start at the top with the president of hockey operations and general manager Peter Shirelli, who has gone through three summers in that position. And I think the first two, most of the moves he made worked out pretty well. And, and even if you look at some of the in-season moves. If you look at everything he's done since the end of last year until now, it's almost nothing has worked, quite frankly. I mean, you can go back and you go back to his first summer. First of all, the Oilers lucked into McDavid, so obviously he's going to draft him. Now, the Reinhardt trade that happened that summer, clearly in hindsight, was bad. Uh, he acquired Talbot for relatively little. He acquired Cassian for relatively little, little during the season. Uh, he acquired Maroon for relatively little during the season. Uh, Sekera was signed uh, in his first summer. He's been a, a very good addition who unfortunately hasn't played this year. Um, you know, you can go into last summer. Yes, the, I, I know Lucic. I think Lucic has helped. Clearly, the length of the contract could wind up being an issue, but I do think he helped short-term last year. The Hall for Larson trade will be picked apart, but you knew one of those three guys was going to be going, and Larson was a pretty important player last year. Uh, this this year, if you look at what Shirelli did, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't know what you would look at and say, well, that worked out. Maybe maybe signing Jujar Kara for a couple of years. He, he's coming along as a depth player. Uh, Shirelli committed to some guys. He explained why he wanted to do it. He thought guys were prepared to take a step forward. He didn't want to parachute players in in front of them on the depth chart. Well, you've got three centers who have been productive, even if maybe they don't have quite the spark they did last year. Nugent Hopkins has been doing fine. McDavid's still producing points. Dreisaitl's still producing points, though he doesn't have a point on the power play, and I don't think he's been uh, as good at, with freeing up pucks as he was last year, but he's still a dangerous player. And the, the concern was down the wings, and the wings has been a massive weakness. Kajula will likely be a healthy scratch tomorrow. The Everly-Strom trade while it was made to clear up cap space for this year and going forward, and I think we knew it was going to be a drop-off in player production, has been a drastic drop-off in player production. And again, I expect both Strom and Kajula to be scratched tomorrow in Montreal, but we'll see. Uh, I know, uh, I'm not going to say a lot of you, certainly some of you want Peter Shirelli's head. I don't think that's going to happen in the short term. I think when you hire people, and, and remember how Bob Nicholson really took some control of the franchise here about a year or so after he came aboard and, and had played a hand in, in bringing uh, Shirelli and then McClellan aboard. I mean, they went outside the organization. They didn't hire the old boys club people that, that made a lot of people unhappy. So now we see how Shirelli reacts in this situation. I think Todd McClellan and the coaching staff are working very hard. I think they're exasperated about the inconsistency in the play. I think absolutely you can pick apart uh, the special teams because at some point, if, if those don't improve, it doesn't really matter what they're going to They do five on five. They're going to keep losing games. They have the worst penalty killing in the league. The PPs in the bottom 10 never scores a, a clutch goal. So coach, manager, absolutely. And then in terms of the players, they, they got to figure it out. They have to figure it out on a day-to-day -day basis. 
You need to see more fire. You need to see more desperation in their game, especially earlier. So that's the formula. I think shortcomings uh, at every level to varying degrees. And the playoffs are a long shot at best at this point. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. All right, so we're down to the final 12 minutes here to bid on our 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous live auction. I should let you know here the Sports Lovers Package, four Eskimos tickets for a game next year, four Oilers tickets to see them play Colorado February 1st. These are club seats to see the Oilers. Face value of $288. We have four in the package plus the four Eskimos tickets, 780-496-0063. So Dwayne with the top bid now of $1,000, so that doesn't doesn't even cover the face value of the four Oilers tickets, plus we're throwing in the Eskimos tickets. So we can definitely push that a little higher. You also got the uh, farewell weekend at Northlands Coliseum, a suite for 12 with Ryan Smith joining you to see the Spruce Grove Saints play the Okotoks Oilers one week from tonight. That is at $1,200 to Adam. And the Ryan Smith autographed seat from Northlands Coliseum. Calvin is at $5,500. You now have less than 12 minutes to bid. 780-496-0063. We have a game at Northlands Coliseum tomorrow night. The face-off game is back between the Nate Ooks and the Alberta Golden Bears. Nate head coach Tim Fraggle is on the line. Tim, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. Big event coming up tomorrow at Northlands Coliseum. Your Nate Ooks are going to take on the Alberta Golden Bears. But uh, some other stuff I want to I want to touch on as well, Tim. Uh, first of all, uh, well, I, I don't know if I'm saying this properly because I was looking over your record earlier today, and I got you at eleven one and two. But dare I say your league still has ties? My goodness. You are correct. So actually, our record is 11-1-1-1. Okay. Because we had a tie, and then we had a loss in overtime, and then we had one regulation loss. So those are the three ones. So you guys don't have shootouts then? No, we do three-on-three, or four-on-four for five minutes, three-on-three for five minutes. Uh, No no goal, then it's a tie, and uh, we had one this year, and boy, did it feel awkward at the end of that game. As a coach, though, uh, were you comfortable with that, or, or would you would you prefer going to a shootout and having a definite winner, even if it's not your team? Yeah, I mean, I guess my transition from uh, junior hockey to college hockey, uh, the rationale from the college coaches were that they play fewer games, so instead of uh, you know finishing off a game with a shootout, they just felt like they would leave it a tie. But coming from my background, I felt like the game's unfinished, just having that shootout experience. So. Uh, still feels weird, and that was our first one I've had in the two years I've been here at Nate. Okay, well, so eleven, one, one, and one. Then your uh, ac- your accurate record, uh, fourteen games. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, that that's a really good record, obviously. Uh, and there's usually high expectations for your program, but did you see uh, that successful a first half, or or how has your team uh, met what you thought they might be able to do? No, I mean uh, to be honest, we have uh, fourteen new players this year, so. You know, we thought we'd be good. We thought we recruited well. But to say we were going to have a record like that would have been uh, uh, lofty, lofty goals. Um, uh, That being said, like you said, it comes with the territory. We expect to to be one of the stronger teams in our conference, and uh, and we are. But to have that record, no, I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't say a bit of a surprise, but uh, more so uh, maybe we were better 
a little bit earlier than we thought we were going to be to start the year. Tim, tell me about the makeup of your roster. Um, it was a long time ago since uh, I went to Nate and, and broadcast games on NR92. I don't know if they're coming out and doing your games, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was a lot of junior A guys uh, who, who would then wind up playing for the Ooks and maybe in the ACAC in general. Give me a sense of how your roster is made up and where you're finding players. Yeah, so we uh, this year we, we actually have opened up a little more of a contingent to the Western League. We do we do have nine players on entry, on Western Hockey League funding, um, and then we uh, the most of the majority of our roster after that is mostly Junior A guys. We do have a couple transfers from a few other university programs, um, but that kind of makes up our roster to date. Tim Fraggle joining us on Inside Sports. Nate Ooks against the Alberta Golden Bears tomorrow night. Northlands Coliseum, the face-off game back for the first time in a long time. You guys in the preseason went and played games at Arizona State, and I've actually done a couple of segments on their on their program. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they kind of started as a bit of an intramural team. Are they full NCAA now, and, and what were those games like? Yeah, they're full uh, NCAA Division One now. Um, they've been in uh, conference for two years now, but they were a club team before. They were a Division One club team, but weren't in an actual conference. But the last two years, they have been. So we went down there. We played. Uh, we played two games down there. Uh, had good games with them. Actually, we lost both games. We lost four three and four two, two uh, tight games. Uh, but their programs come a long way, a long, long way. Uh, they've got a good contingent of Alberta and BC players uh, that I know from uh, my time at junior A level. Uh, so their program's on the on the rise for sure. Yeah, I, I I remember looking at their roster and thinking, man, they're they're bringing a lot of Canadians down there. So maybe the prospect yeah. of uh, playing hockey and not uh, walking through snow on your way to class or to the rink is is paid off a, a, a little bit a little bit for them. Um, have you played the Golden Bears uh, at all this? I know it obviously would have been an exhibition game, Tim. Have you played the Golden Bears at all this season? Yes, we did. We played them. Uh, Early September it was actually uh, both teams' first games of the year. We, uh, Athabasca hosted a, a challenge uh, for us, uh, University of Alberta and uh, Augustana University. So we each played each other once. We played uh, the Bears in our first game. We lost in uh, overtime. It was a four-three game, a uh, real high-paced game for for both teams' first game of the year. It was, uh, you know, I think for our from our perspective, we kind of saw our potential in that game. Which you know, when as a coach, when you look on the depth chart in the summertime, you think, yeah, we should be okay, we should be okay. And then when we saw that first game against the Bears, we're like, hey, we can skate, we can play with pace, played against you know strongest team in Canada, and you know, and uh, we we held our own. So that was positive uh, in that game. All right. So in terms of of tomorrow's game. Give me a sense of uh, how your players have been this week. I, I mean, is this is this the closest thing you can have to a playoff game when you're actually going into your winter break, or, or how do the guys feel about it? Yeah, I think the guys are pretty excited about it. I do know, like, with the timing of it, uh, this week for us has been exam week, this week and next week. So it's kind of been a good balance. I, you know, we brought them to practice. We went hard this week, uh, regular practice as we normally would, but... Uh, we've really got them to focus on, you know, check out of school for an hour. Let's get a good skate on. Let's have some productive practices to get ready for for the competition we're up against. So it's a unique week of training this week just because of our exam schedule. 
Tim, I, I'm glad you brought that up where you tell players, okay, check out of school for an hour, focus on your hockey, and then, you know, go back to your schoolwork or whatever else you need to focus on in your life. Uh, as a coach, is that how have you dealt with that over your career, dealing with young guys who, you know, may have school responsibilities, maybe, you know, maybe they're taking on uh, increased responsibilities if they're working or with their families or, or, or whatever. Do you have to offer some guidance in that, or how does a, how does a team help in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always draw back to priorities, and uh, and when you're fully invested into something, and if it's for an hour, we'll use hockey as an example. We want your full attention for an hour, and and uh, you know the excuse of uh, you know I need that extra hour to study. Um, I always throw back at them that where where are your priorities? The extra hour isn't going to make a difference if you've done your work throughout the semester. You're going to be prepared, or you're not going to be prepared um, on the school front, and then. You are correct at the other levels, you know, balancing family obligations and whatnot. I, I guess it goes back to, you know, I always throw priorities at them. But, uh, you know, first and foremost is your family. Um, secondly is uh, is your school. And thirdly is hockey. And then there's everything else is your fourth priority. So if you can stick to that kind of priority order, I think you'll set yourself up to have success uh, on and off the ice. Well said. Tim, it's going to be fun tomorrow. Face-off game, Ooks against Golden Bears. I hope it's a beauty. Enjoy the experience of coaching in it, Tim. Thanks, Reed, for having me. Tim Fraggle and his Nate Ooks up against Serge Lejoie and his Alberta Golden Bears. 7 o'clock tomorrow, face-off game at Northlands Coliseum. Glad to see that game back on the calendar. Uh, well, Maybe they'll have to find a different venue for it next season. Well, it won't be at Northlands Coliseum, obviously. The last hockey game at Northlands Coliseum is one week from tonight. We are auctioning off a suite for 12 to see the Spruce Grove Saints play the Okotoks Oilers. Ryan Smith will be your special guest. You have four minutes to bid, 780-496-0063 to top Adam's bid of $1,200. Patrick now with the top bid for the Sports Lovers Package. Four club seats to see the Oilers play Colorado February 1st. Those seats are $288 each, folks, face value, and four tickets to an Eskimos game in 2018. Patrick, the top bid at $1,400. And the Ryan Smith autographed seat from Northlands Coliseum, Calvin still clinging to the top bid at $5,500. You have two minutes and 40 seconds to call. Lana and Janine, 780-496-0063. Oilers lines today. McDavid with Lucic and Puglia-Yarvi. Nugent Hopkins between Maroon and Camilleri. Latestu with Kara and Cassian. Dreisaitl had four wingers. I would expect his wingers in the game tomorrow will be Walker and Slepeshev and Kajula and Strom will be scratched. Your Oilers report for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. We'll check the NHL scoreboard when we get back. We'll give you your final auction results. And Alan Watt to tee up the Eskimos locker room sale. 